the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Ring of Truth with our pastor and teacher, Dan Sexton, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Please join Pastor Dan as he teaches through God's Word. We see the world getting darker and darker, and there's greater division in the world, and there's greater brokenness in the world. And, and at the same time, there have been periods in history in our country where God has just sovereignly poured out His Spirit on our country, and He's brought revival to our country. There's been times in our history where God has just sovereignly turned the hearts of the nation back to Himself. And so I I would say our prayer should be, just like the children of Israel, do it again. Are you a proponent of healing and unity for our nation? Marching in protest, debating over politics, these things can be good, but all too often they only bring more division. As Pastor Dan exhorts us in today's message, just as Israel so often found itself wandering from God and descending into immorality, our country finds itself doing the same. You can either play into the enemy's hand and contribute to the hatred and anger, or you can get on your knees and pray for revival and then get out there to demonstrate love and grace to the lost. And now, open your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, chapter 51, as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition of Ring of Truth. And there's no way, there's no way this could could work out, but to hang on to the promises of God and believe the promises of God. You know, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, uh, faith is defined, and this is how it's defined there. It's the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It's the assurance about things We can't see to just be assured of things we can't see. I can't see how this is going to work out, but I'm trusting in the Lord. I'm I'm confident in his promises that God has made to me in his word that somehow he's going to work it out. I can't see it. It doesn't make sense to me. It looks like there's no way, but he's going to work it out because he's going to keep his promises to me. Now, here's the promise back in Isaiah 51. Here's the promise that the Lord has made to Israel in verse three, for the Lord will comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places, all of her ruins. He will make her wilderness. And remember, in the Bible, the wilderness, don't think of like, you know, the Shenandoah Valley. Uh, Wilderness is desert. He will make her wilderness like Eden and her desert Like the garden of the Lord, joy and gladness will be found in it. Thanksgiving and the voice of melody singing. Now, if you remember in our study so far, uh, the Assyrians, the Assyrian Empire and the Assyrian army, they invaded the northern kingdom of Israel and they wiped it out. 
and they destroyed every city in the northern kingdom and they carried off uh, those living in the northern kingdom as slaves to Assyria. Then they invaded the southern kingdom of Judah and they destroyed every city in the southern kingdom except Jerusalem. They spared Jerusalem miraculously. God delivered Jerusalem. After the Assyrians, the Babylonians come in and the Babylonians will come in and they will uh, destroy the city of Jerusalem. They'll level it. They'll carry away the remaining Israelites that are in the land. They'll carry them away as slaves in Babylon. And so as Isaiah writes this, the entire nation is destroyed. It's devastated. The people are discouraged. They, they, he's writing before the Babylonians invade. So they will be discouraged even more once the Babylonians come. But the Lord promises here in verse three that he will comfort his people, Israel. Again, and he promises here that he will have uh, pity on her ruins, all these destroyed cities, that they'll be rebuilt again. Now, it sure doesn't look that way. Again, just physical circumstances doesn't look possible. But the Lord's making this promise and he's asking them first, hey, look to Abraham. Abraham believed my promises. This is my promise to you. I'm going to comfort Zion. I'm going to comfort all the waste places. All the ruins. You've got to walk by faith and not by sight. What he says here, he says, he'll make the wilderness like Eden. He'll make the deserts blossom like Eden. The barren wilderness will be like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in the nation again. Thanksgiving and the voice of, of melody, you know, singing will fill the air. And again, when the Lord says this to Israel, everything's in ruins, everything's devastated, everything's destroyed, and it looks like there's no possible way. But nothing's impossible with the Lord. And Israel should believe God by faith. They should believe his promises by faith, just like Father Abraham. Now, it's interesting with these, these promises here in verse 3 about the wilderness will be like Eden, her desert like the garden of the Lord. We are beginning to see that fulfilled in Israel in our day where the, the, the deserts are blooming in Israel. They're, they're farming in the deserts uh, in Israel. It, it, but that, that's just a sneak preview of what's to come. We're told that during the millennial reign of Christ, when Christ returns and establishes his kingdom on the earth, that the land will be like Eden once again, that it will all be restored. Everything that Adam lost will be restored by Jesus once again. And so it's this fulfillment of verse three will be in the millennial age in the thousand year reign of Christ. Ultimately, verse four, listen to me, my people and give ear to me, O my nation, for law will proceed from me and I will make my justice rest as light of the peoples. This again is during uh, the reign of Christ in Israel. He's going to he's going to reign from Jerusalem for a thousand years. And we've seen elsewhere in Isaiah where the where the law will go forth from Jerusalem throughout all of the world. And at that point, his, you know, uh, his kingdom will come. His will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Look at verse five. My righteousness is near. My salvation has gone forth and my arms will judge the peoples, the coastlands, the Gentile nations. The non-believers will wait upon me and on my arm they will rest. Again, this is during the millennial reign when Christ returns. 
That's when this will be fulfilled. And the Lord says here, my righteousness is near. He says, my salvation has gone forth or my salvation is on its way. It's coming soon. And again, as as Isaiah writes this, it sure doesn't look like it. (laughs) It doesn't look like they're going to be delivered and saved anytime soon. It looks pretty dark in Israel. But the Lord says, my salvation is on its way. I've already sent it. It's coming. It's coming soon. This reminds me of what we just studied last Sunday in Revelation 22. At the end of Revelation, you know, the last words of Jesus to the church and the Bible. Behold, I am coming quickly. And he says it three times in Revelation 22. I am coming quickly. I am coming quickly. I am coming quickly. You know, he's, he's, he's warning us so that we're ready when he comes. And when you look at the world we live in, sure doesn't look like he's coming anytime soon. Things just seem to be getting darker and darker in the world. There's no indication physically necessarily that he's coming anytime soon. But we have this promise. I am coming quickly and we believe it by faith. We believe his promise to us that he will come soon, just like Israel here should believe the promise of God that salvation is on its way. Righteousness is near. Look at verse six. Lift up your eyes to the heavens and look on the earth beneath, for the heavens will vanish away like smoke. The earth will grow old like a garment and those who dwell in it will die in like manner. But my salvation will be forever and my righteousness will not be abolished. He he says here, lift up your eyes, look at the heavens, look at the earth. It's all going to vanish away. It's all going to disappear but my salvation will last forever. My righteousness will not be abolished. When I save you, it's not going to be temporary. It's not going to be only for a short time. My salvation will be forever. And verse 6 is referring again to the millennial age. At the end of the thousand years, if you remember from our Revelation study, the heavens and the earth will pass away. God will make a new heaven and a new earth and will dwell with him forever and ever in the new earth. And then his salvation will be forever and his righteousness will have no end. It will not uh, it will not be broken, will not be abolished at that time. Listen to me, you who know righteousness, you people in whose heart is my law. So who is he talking to here? He's talking to those who know righteousness and those people in whose heart is the law of God. Do not fear the reproach of men nor be afraid of their insults for the moth will eat them up like a garment and the worm will eat them like wool. But my righteousness will be forever and my salvation from generation to generation. He says here, hey, the the wicked will be destroyed. Don't be afraid of men or what man might do to you. Don't fear man's insults. Notice again at the end of verse eight, my righteousness will be forever. My salvation from generation to generation. Praise the Lord for that. It's going to be without end. Verse nine. Now, in verse nine, we have the response of Israel to what the Lord says. So the Lord has made all these promises. And now Israel responds in verse nine. Awake, awake, put on strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake as in the ancient days. And the generations of old, are you not the arm that cut Rahab or Egypt apart and wounded the serpent, meaning Pharaoh? Are you not the one who dried up the sea, the Red Sea, the waters of the great deep, 
that made the depths of the sea a road for the redeemed to cross over. So the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing with everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, sorrow and sighing shall flee away here. God has made all these promises to Israel. And what's Israel's response? Lord, we believe you. We believe you. So do it. Do it. Yeah, we, we know you delivered us out of Egypt. We know that you parted the Red Sea, that you're powerful enough. Do it, Lord. Do it. What are you waiting for? Do it. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth Radio Ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. This reminds us of Revelation 22 that we just studied last Sunday. After the Lord said, Behold, I'm coming quickly, the church responds in Revelation 22, Even so, come, Lord Jesus. All right, come on. What are you waiting for? We want you to come. We're ready. And here, here they're saying, Do it, Lord. Do it. We believe you. And they say to the Lord in verse 9, Wake up. Wake up. Awake as in the ancient days, you know, like when you defeated Egypt. And in other words, they're saying to the Lord, do it again. Do it again. You've delivered us before. Do it again. And I, and I would say to us tonight, you know, in the world that we live in today, and, and we see a lot of trouble in the world that we live in, and we see the world getting darker and darker, and there's greater division in the world, and there's greater brokenness in the world. And, and at the same time, there have been periods in history in our country where God has just sovereignly poured out his spirit on our country and he's brought revival to our country. There's been times in our history where God has just sovereignly turned the hearts of the nation back to himself. And so I, I would say our prayer should be just like the children of Israel. Do it again. We need you to do it again. You know, we, we know you've done it before. We've heard these stories, the Great Awakening, you know, the Jesus movement, all these other revivals in history where, Lord, you've just sovereignly turned the nation back to you. Lord, do it again. Do it again. We need you to do it again, just like you did in the days of old. Do it again. So now going back to verse 12, the Lord speaking again, I, even I, am he who comforts you. Who are you that you should be afraid of a man who will die? And of the son of a man who will be made like grass. And you forget the Lord, your maker. Who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth. You have feared continually every day because of the fury of the oppressor when he is prepared to destroy. And where is the fury of the oppressor? He says here in verse 12 and verse 13 also, why do you fear man? And forget God when you should fear God and forget man. Why are you worried about what man's going to do to you when man can't even preserve his own life? He's going to die. You know, Jesus said a similar thing in the Gospels in Luke uh, chapter 12. 
verse four, I'll just read it to you. And I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body. And after that, have no more that they can do. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after he is killed, has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. Jesus said, don't be afraid of the person who, you know, the worst they can do to you is physically kill you. (laughs) Fear him who, after he has killed the physical body, can cast your soul into hell. In other words, don't fear man, fear God. Forget about man, fear God. But what Israel was doing at that time is they were fearing man and they forgot about God. They're doing just the opposite. And he says here that, you know, man's man's like grass. You know, the grass withers, the flower fades. But the word of the Lord will stand forever. Now, I want you to notice closely here what verse 13 says. Here, here the Lord says that you forget the Lord, your maker. So Israel forgot her maker. Who's powerful. And then he, he goes on to say. And you feared continually every day because of the fury of the oppressor. And I want you to see here the connection. Israel forgot her maker, and so she lived in constant fear every day. And I I think there's a direct connection there between their forgetting God and their fear or their worry and their anxiety. I think quite often the two go together for us. When we forget about the Lord and we begin to fear man or we begin to fear our circumstances or we begin to worry or we grow anxious. And here the word forget when it talks about forgetting God, it's not like they, you know, like have amnesia. The word forget here, it means to ignore or to cease to care about. And when you begin to ignore the Lord. Or, you know, uh, God as it isn't as important to you as he once was. You don't care about him as much as you once did. You're not, you're not seeking first the kingdom of God like you used to do. Quite often, you become fearful and anxious and worrisome about things in your life. Now, the greatest cure for fear is just spending time with God. And just getting, you know, getting into the word, reading the gospels, looking at the life of Jesus And meditating on his life, meditating on his love for us, uh, what he did for us on the cross. That's the perfect way to cast out fear. His perfect love casts out our fear. You know, in in Philippians um, chapter four, again, I'll just read it to you. Uh, Philippians chapter four. uh, Verse six. It says. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You know, as we pray, that's that's spending time with the Lord, you know, it's just being with him and talking to him. You know, as we pray, make our requests known to the Lord, his peace which surpasses understanding. What that means is it doesn't necessarily make sense that you would have peace at this time in your life because of your circumstances, but you'll have this peace from God that passes all understanding, and that peace will guard your heart and your mind through Jesus Christ. As you go through the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, 
God's answer to our fear is always himself. Fear not, for I'm with you. It's always his answer. It's him. He's the answer to fear. And what you see here in verse 13 for Israel, they have forgotten the Lord, their maker. He's not a high priority anymore. And what do you see? Fear's going up. They're, they're afraid every day, continually afraid. The two go hand in hand. The two are connected. Verse 14 goes on. The captive exile hastens that he may be loosed, that he should not die in the pit and that his bread should not fail. I, I love the New Living Translation here for verse 14 says, soon all your captives will be released Imprisonment, starvation and death will not be your fate. That's their circumstances right now. But the Lord says, this isn't your fate. This isn't where it's going to end up. This isn't how this isn't the end of the story. It it may look like that to you, but that isn't the end of the story. You got to walk by faith, not by sight. Verse 15. But I am the Lord, your God, who divided the sea, whose waves roared. The Lord of hosts is his name, the Lord of armies. Lord says, I've got an army too. Babylonians, they've got an army, but I've got an army. Verse 16, and I have put my words in your mouth. I have covered you with the shadow of my hand that I may plant the heavens and lay the foundations of the earth and say to Zion, you are my people. In verse 16, the Lord says to Israel, I've given you my word. I've given you my word given you my promises and he says and i've protected you and i've kept you safely in my hands and he says this to them as their land is destroyed and devastated and he says this to those who are going to be in captivity in babylon as slaves he says i've got you in my hand and you are my people so verse 17 the lord now says to israel awake awake stand up o jerusalem you have drunken at the hand of the Lord, the cup of his fury. You have drunken the dregs of the cup of trembling and you've drained it. He goes on, he says, uh, there is no one to guide her among all the sons she has brought forth, nor is there any who takes her by the hand among all the sons she has brought up. He says here to, to Jerusalem he's in Israel, he says, wake up, wake up. Look at what's happened to your nation." Look at how things are in your nation. It's devastated. It's ruined. It's destroyed. He asked me how I know, and I say, Bring truer than the finest crystal. We're so glad you joined us today for Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. If you missed any part of this message or would like to hear additional teachings from this series, They're available to you for free at calvaryec.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. That way you will have access to each message as soon as it's made available online. That website again is calvaryec.com. If you live in the Baltimore, Washington area, we'd love for you to worship with us this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. Calvary Chapel is located in Columbia, Maryland, only minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. For more information on what you can expect when you visit, go to calvaryec.com or give us a call. We can be reached at 410-491-4592. 
Again, that phone number is 410-491-4592. We look forward to you joining us as our guests. And please, take a moment to introduce yourself to Pastor Dan after the service and let him know you listen to Ring of Truth. With that, our time with you has come to an end today on Ring of Truth. Join Pastor Dan next time for more from this verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter study of the book of Isaiah, right here on Ring of Truth.